If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Indiana Jones is swinging back into theaters, but does Destiny have disappointment in store for fans around the world? I'll let you know right now. This review is brought to you by AG1. Go to drinkag1.com slash Dan for a special offer and stay tuned after this review for more info. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my non-spoiler review of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I am on the road, which is why you see this hotel room backdrop and why I might be a little quieter and a little more subdued than usual. I mentioned this is a non-spoiler review, which means I won't be giving away any information that hasn't already expressly been revealed in promotional material. But I did want to address one thing, which is that there are so many leaks that are out there about this film, and I don't really engage in things like leaks too much. But now that I've seen the movie, I can say that a huge number of those leaks are laughably inaccurate. So if you are basing your decision on whether or not to see this movie based off of quote-unquote leaked insider information, a lot of it could not be further off base, particularly stuff that's been out there for a while now. Don't make your decision based on that info. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is directed by James Mangold, taking over for the first time in this franchise for director Steven Spielberg. And the film is written by Jez Butterworth and John Henry Butterworth, the co-writers of Ford v. Ferrari and Edge of Tomorrow, as well as writer David Kep, who wrote the screenplay for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and James Mangold himself. Harrison Ford takes his last turn as Indiana Jones, now facing retirement at the dawn of the space age. Things change for Indy, though, when his goddaughter Helena Shaw, played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, enlists him in a search for an ancient artifact capable, as artifacts in these movies are, of channeling great power that could change the world. Also seeking the artifact is former Nazi scientist Jürgen Voller, played by Meds Mikkelsen, who chases Jones across the globe with an eye on using the artifact to perform unspeakable evil. Indiana Jones and megalomaniacal Nazis. Name a more iconic duo. For those of us who lived through the Crystal Skulls Wars, the idea at this point of a new Indiana Jones film is as anxiety-inducing as it is thrill-inducing. And so the big question leading up to this movie is, is it any better than the last Indiana Jones movie? Well, I'm happy to report that I think that Dial of Destiny is easily better than every part of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. No qualifications. As far as I'm concerned, this is the superior movie, and it's not even a contest. 
The flip side of that, though, is does it compare to the original trilogy of Indiana Jones films? And again, I think the answer here is easily no. If your hope was that we would get a film that would deliver on the same level as those original movies, that is a legacy that is now 35 years almost in the rearview mirror and will not be coming back. That's not to say that this movie doesn't have glimmers of Indiana Jones at its best, and it's a movie that's very much concerned with legacy, both personal and historical, and it delivers on that through emotional moments for those who have followed Indy through the decades, enough to keep this film from being an entirely superfluous enterprise. This will never be one of my favorite Indiana Jones films, but it will forever contain some of my favorite Indiana Jones moments. Harrison Ford obviously cares about this character and does not deliver the kind of dry, sleepwalking performance that sometimes made its way into Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. This both is and isn't the same Indiana Jones that we have grown to love over the past several decades, and it shouldn't be the same character, especially because it's been so long since we've seen him. I think perhaps the movie edges toward making him a bit too glum, but at the same time, that depth of emotion is where the audience also gets some of its most emotional moments. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is strong as Helena. She is far from the usurper that she's been made out to be. She's an ally, a foil, another sharp mind to both challenge and assist Jones. In other words, the kind of companion that works in a movie like this. A young actor named Ethan Isidore is also in the mix as a young kid named Teddy who rounds out the trio. Unfortunately, this is not another short round situation because this character never really catches on. And I think that the movie would have been the same or perhaps even better had he not been included. I get why you have a character like this to kind of harken back to the legacy of Indiana Jones, but it doesn't really work out in this scenario. The one thing this movie has, which Crystal Skull didn't really have in many places, is the feel of an Indiana Jones movie. And it is odd that of the two post-trilogy Indiana Jones films, that James Mangold and not Steven Spielberg is the one who made films that feel the most like the originals, but, you know, that's just where we are. Water displacement. Get in the pool! The movie has another banger score from John Williams, which of course helps to drive things home, and a lot of those action scenes that crackle with that almost cartoonish Looney Tunes energy that the films do so well. Not cartoonish in the sense of swinging through the vines with the monkeys, but that idea of like Bugs Bunny, and you never quite know when somebody's going to get a piece of wood to the face or whatever. This movie does that very well. I do miss some of the practical effects of the previous films, but digital technology has advanced and Harrison Ford's age has as well. So you're not going to be quite as down and dirty with these action scenes as you used to be. It doesn't really go overboard too much. One thing I'm still not on board with though is the de-aging technology that's used in the film's extended prologue, which sets the stage for the rest of the movie. Specific shots look good, but it still doesn't work in motion for me. And I don't know if it ever will. Computers just haven't figured out the subtlety of how a human face moves. Still, though, I did like this prologue, which is set many years in the past from where Indiana Jones is in this movie. I just wish that they hadn't relied on that technology so much, or maybe they'd done the lighting a little bit different so it's not as brightly lit. I know that Disney loves this de-aging technology, but we're just not at that threshold as far as I'm concerned. 
The movie is also two and a half hours long, which seems to be the standard now for most big blockbusters, and it easily could have been two, which would have tightened the story up and also cut the movie's budget. I think that a great two-hour movie can be just as satisfying as a bloated 150-minute movie, and it's not like audiences are judging their satisfaction by the minute. I don't really understand why studios keep making almost every one of their event films this long, especially when only about a quarter of them actually need to be. The plot takes some twists and turns that I really enjoyed, despite a second act bloat with probably one action set piece too many, and it did surprise me several times in ways that I'd forgotten these movies can do. Suffice it to say that the perils of seeking mystical and vast power remain ever-present and unpredictable in this franchise. Is this a movie that delivers big enough on the hype of being the last ever Indiana Jones adventure? Or does it at least deliver on the level of having the character literally ride off into the sunset at the end of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? I don't necessarily think that it does, but it also doesn't put a stain on Indiana Jones' legacy or leave a bad taste in your mouth. I'm actually very glad that this is Ford's last Indiana Jones film and not Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, because I think this one hews much more closely to what has made the franchise great in years past. It does deliver effective action, humor, and genuine emotion, albeit in smaller doses than the original films. Even the great Indiana Jones, it seems, can't outrun the inevitable boulder of diminishing returns. But I didn't think that Dial of Destiny was a bad film either, nor one that I had many major issues with. And I think that the word on the street is kind of negative on this film because of the big can premiere and the reviews that came out around it, which when you look into it weren't really negative so much as kind of in the middle, mediocre. But because of the binary, fresh, rotten system that most reviews go through now on Rotten Tomatoes, that nuance is hard to express. And it's this loss of nuance that has led me to roll out a new tool for both me as a critic and for you as an audience. For a long time, I've resisted the concept of a scoring system on the show because I feel like it kind of diminishes my thoughts to the movie to some kind of a numerical grade. Instead, I have now developed a sliding scale as far as what I feel about a movie and how I'm going to recommend it to you as an audience. And this is the scale and how it's going to work. At the top of the scale is a rating I call See It Now, which would be movies that I recommend unreservedly. Under that is a tier called It's Good, meaning a recommendation, but probably not a glowing one. Then we have one right in the middle called It's Fine, for movies that I feel are either mixed bags or maybe just not that remarkable, either positive or negative. Then we have Not a Fan, for movies that I didn't like or that are perhaps just not for me. And finally, Stay Away, my lowest ranking, reserved only for movies that I wouldn't recommend that you see under any circumstances. So where does Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny fall? Well, my first impressions have me saying that it's good. It's not a transcendent viewing experience, but it has enough highs and lacks enough lows for me to recommend that you see it. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny may not be the final indie film of your dreams, but I can assure you it is also not the final indie film of your nightmares. So those are my thoughts on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Are you looking forward to the movie? What do you think of my new sliding scale when it comes to ratings? Let me know down in the comments below. And before we go, I want to thank the sponsor for this video, AG1.
This video is brought to you by AG1, a daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. Focusing on your health isn't just for the winter months, it's also important during the summer, and it never hurts to boost your immune system against something like a summer cold. I drink AG1 when I have my breakfast shake every morning, and it makes me feel like I'm covering my nutritional bases and just starting my day off right. It's also good to know that I'm giving my body what it needs to get through the day. I've struggled in the past with keeping a routine, but drinking AG1 is as simple as having a glass of water in the morning. AG1 is one scoop of powder mixed with water once a day, and that's it. Plus, every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, and it's delivered to me every month, so it's been super easy to make it a daily habit. And the benefits, like gut health and an overall energy boost, have been noticeable. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com dan. That's drinkag1.com dan to check it out. Thanks to AG1 for sponsoring this video and thank you for watching it. It's a busy week still on this channel. Stay tuned. I'll have reviews for Elemental coming up soon. I'll be back in the home studio. I will also have a spoiler review for The Flash. I'm going to try to get a review done for Extraction 2. And there's a lot more to come as we get into the summer movie season. Thank you so much for spending part of your day here with me. Until next time, stay safe and I'll see you then. Bye.